and I want to continue on the class, uh, and uh, uh, we're dealing with core convictions, uh, uh, the culture of the church, and we moved through a lot of things, and we're kind of focusing on, on three things that uh, uh, dovetail together, standards, uh, judging sin, and church discipline. And uh, just in a moment, we're going to look at uh, Luke 6 and Matthew 7. Uh, but just to kind of get your mind engaged, uh, uh, I want you to think for a moment and, and begin to embrace and think, see, what is culture? When we use the word culture, uh, what are the, the culture of a, of a society, the culture of a city, the culture of a nation, a team, a company, a church, what do we, what's that word mean, Anybody? Let's, let's roll it this morning. I, okay, the environment. Uh, someone else want to add to that? The environment. Uh, what does that mean, the environment? Well, when we say the environment, what do we mean? Pete? Uh, uh, we talk about culture, we're talking about the environment, and in that environment, uh, they determine what's allowable, what's not allowable, uh, uh, what's acceptable. Uh, the drug culture. In the drug culture, they do drugs. They, 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 they have uh, uh, all the drug paraphernalia. In the uh, uh, sports culture, uh, they do certain things. They train. Uh, you won't find druggies training running around the laps, okay? So uh, when we talk about culture, uh, uh, different ethnic groups have different cultures uh, and so on and so on. Okay. Uh, Sari? I like the inner workings. And when we say the environment, let's go back to this a minute. All these are true. Let's go back. When we say the environment, what are we saying? Just in the normal natural, what are you saying, the environment? Uh, Raymond? When you think of environment, you think of uh, temperature, you think of climate, you think of what type of things are produced in that environment. Uh, like, you know, if you go to Chicago, man, all the snow, you're not going to see a lot of cactuses, you know. You're not going to see a lot of dry deaths of the places. So different environments produce different types of, uh, of, of things and issues and behaviors when it comes to people. Okay, and that's, uh, so here if we, uh, George, go ahead. Um, I think it's like all, everything everybody's been saying, but it's, it, when you talk about the culture, it's the thing that influences your thinking. It has a direct impact on how you process things. Like that. So. Okay, very good. You guys, folks are getting it. Amen. Dan? You're talking about the, envir the environment. You're talking about, you know, the, the, you know the, the climate. You're talking about things that are external, things that are, that, that, that are there. And then you're talking about culture. You're talking about, say, you know, it's like we're, we live in the desert, and, you know, there are certain types of vegetation that live in the desert, but yet we have the ability to control our own house, our own garden, and create a, 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 an atmosphere that, that other things can, you know, can grow, can live. Okay, uh, all these are true, very good. So let me kind of, uh, let me say a few things. And so the, uh, the environment's true. In the natural here, because you have the jet stream, uh, you have moisture, uh, you have, uh, you know, clouds, uh, you have uh, the lack of participation, you have winds, you have a lot of things, uh, the dryness. Uh, uh, some places there's earthquakes and, and all of this. Um, and uh, like uh, Raymond said, you know, there's snow in Chicago. And, and the culture 
uh, dictates what lives or doesn't live there. And this is a powerful truth in life. The culture influences what's able to flourish. This is why some sports teams flourish because they have a culture uh, where the talent, where the ability, where the skills, uh, uh, they, they're, they're, they're accelerated. And uh, uh, this true in nations, I mean, one of the staggering things, and, and no slam, uh, but you can go down to Nogales, and on one side of the border, here is, here is massive uh, prosperity, blessing, and you can just step across an invisible line. And that has to do with the culture of that nation. That has to do, and, and that's true, I see that around the world. Uh, it's, and, and, but as Dan said, uh, you know, I have tomatoes, and, uh, but I had to redo the soil. I had to build up the soil. Uh, I have a soaker hose on a timer. And this year they're not doing uh, like they normally do the heat, man. There's 120 degree, 180, no matter what I do. Um, unless I want to go out there and breathe on them or something and pray. But, uh, <clears throat> but uh, uh, you can, uh, in your own home and in a church, uh, or, or in uh, uh, everybody else, their culture, everything may be dying, but you have the ability to influence culture. And so we're talking about culture, uh, the environment, uh, this term has been used, the climate, uh, uh, these external uh, dynamics that have powerful influence on what lives, what excels, what matures there. This is true as a family. It's true as a church. It's true as a neighbor. One of the things that, that I'm so, and I can't even hardly think about it, just frustrates me so bad, is the culture of our nation is being disassembled. And, and if you're young, you may not realize that. But I've never seen so many stupid people in office. Common sense is, is uh, I mean, this whole, think about political correctness. Think about political correctness in the Bible. Political correctness uh, is where you can't speak what, the truth. You can't identify truth. Well, if you take truth, you remove truth, what are you going to have left? Yeah, and, and the demonic, uh, uh, the devil builds his kingdom by lies. God, Jesus said the truth will set you free. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The demonic, he's a liar and the father of lies and all of this. And so I don't want to get diverted, but, but culture, see, and, and this is what this class is about. This church over the years has fought and established a culture. And that must be communicated from generation to generation. Go ahead, George. About the environment is it's sights and sounds and smells that are persistent around you, and they can desensitize you, or they can, like you said, cause something to flourish. In our country, because of like things like political correctness, now the, just like the Bible says, you know, uh, you know, they call good evil and evil good. You know, because there's been that constant pressure and exposure to these things over time, which is which has affected the development of people. Yeah, I mean, it's just like this thing in Orlando. I mean, uh, they're saying, well, the problem's guns. We if we do away with guns, they have the strictest gun laws in America in Chicago, and it's a war zone. It's a killing zone. 
If they really believe that, why have they given all of these guns and missiles to Syria, Iran? Why, why, have they, why, have they, why have they given billions of dollars for them to buy and build missiles, weapons, and guns? If they really believe that. If they believe guns. And, and, and so you're going to do away with, uh, with... I mean, it just drives me nuts. The problem is uh, Islamic terrorists. That's the problem. How many of these people always have the Muslim connection? And you say it's not a religion. Yes, it is. It's a, you read it. I pastored in a Muslim nation, Malaysia. And they, they, they excel their doctrine by fear and hate and violence. I don't care what you say. I've lived a few years. I've seen a few things. And I'm not saying every living, breathing Muslim is like that. But you read their doctrine or their culture. They believe that if you're, if you're a non-Muslim, you're an infidel. And if they kill you, they get great reward in heaven. And so um, uh, you, can, you can slice it, dice it any way you want to slice it and dice it. And, and I'll have my own. If you want to have a discussion later, we can do that. But I don't want to get diverted. So, so we're dealing with, with standards Judging sin and church discipline, that creates a culture. Uh, what are, uh, let me go back now. We've, we're, we've entitled this core convictions. Uh, what does that mean? When I use the term, uh, we have core convictions in this congregation. What does that mean, Billy? Uh, convictions that have held us together. Okay, convictions that have held us together. What is a word? What does that mean, conviction? Anybody? Do you have convictions? What does that mean, uh, Ike? Okay, something you're willing to die over. Someone else. What, what are, when the Bible uses this word over and over, conviction, conviction of sin, conviction of right. Yes? Something you believe in. Okay, something you believe in, absolutely, yes? Conviction, when you realize that, like, it's like conviction of sin, when you realize that it's wrong, that it's, it's not something, I got convicted of my sin when someone told me, your lifestyle is going to send you to hell and it's going to take your children with you. Okay. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh my God. It, the revelation of I'm dirty, I need a savior. Okay, that's true. So, Someone else, what are convictions? What are your convictions and why are these so important? Uh, yes? Okay, a deep, immovable truth. Something that's not for sale. Uh, in the Old Testament, if you turned away from God, uh, the Bible, the prophets called you a harlot. Uh, said Israel went harloting. They went whoring after other gods. And what that meant was they were willing to trade their righteousness or their convictions uh, for flesh or a moment of sin or pleasure, whatever. And so... Uh, 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 someone else you want to add to this? What is convictions? Yes. I was going to say a personal responsibility or discipline in yourself. Okay. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, someone else, anyone want to add to this? And yes. Netta. Uh, it's a line that you don't cross. Okay. Um, other people have personal convictions that, you know, some people can do certain things, but God may ask you not to do it because of maybe past sin or things like that. Okay. Uh, Billy? 
something that doesn't change because of circumstances. Okay, yeah, your convictions uh, are not subject uh, to the circumstances. Uh, uh, what's the term they use? Uh, extenuating circumstances. Situational ethics. Um, uh, thank you, George. Uh, it's, it's where your conviction, where you can lie. Okay, this is okay to lie here. Uh, but your convictions are immovable. And so we have some hands. Bill and then John. Yeah, it's something we live by. Something you live by. Yes, John. I was just going to say it also has a, uh, a legal aspect to it, too. When you're convicted in a court of law, you know, the evidence has been weighed, it's been, it's been uh, tested against the law, and you've been found guilty, so you're convicted. So those beliefs and principles are based on, okay, we've looked at in the Word of God, this is what it says, and now the debate is over now. So this is what, now we believe it because it is the truth, it's been found to be true. Yeah, and so our, uh, and so, uh, uh, Diego. We have a standards and conviction, but I think uh, conviction are more uh, valuable or expensive because we pay a price for a conviction. Okay. Yeah, they're purchased. Uh, they, the price has been paid. And so our standards uh, support and reinforce our convictions to where it's not just theology or lip service. It's not just saying, okay, uh, that's wrong, but it's judging that which is wrong. It's take, bringing discipline. The same with your children. If you want to raise monsters, just don't discipline them. Don't, don't put any conviction. Don't put any standards on them. If you want to raise demons, then that's what you do. Uh, and so, uh, uh, and so uh, uh, your convictions, and, and so, uh, uh, gosh, I had a thought. I wanted, what was it? Um, and so your, uh, your con, your con, our standards reinforce and make convictions real in life. What, what happens if, if you don't judge sin, what happens? What, what's some of the, the, the core statements you've heard me say over the years, John? Well, it's allowed to grow. It's allowed to prosper. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So... If you don't bind sin on earth, it's going to be released in the spiritual. It's going to, allow to, it's going to grow like yeast. I mean, all the scripture, unleavened bread, leavens the whole lump, that whole deal. Okay. I, and George. That sin you don't judge will be the one that will do you in. Yeah, that, that's, that's uh, you've heard me say that. The sin you refuse to judge is the one that will bite you. This is a great truth in the Bible. The sin that you excuse, the sin you refuse to judge, the sin you refuse to deal with uh, is the one that snares you. Why is that? Go ahead, George, you had a statement. Well, I was just going to say, um, how, you know, the Bible says that, you know, when it talks about being tempted and all that, it talks about sin, um, you know, when it bears its fruit is always death. Okay. So you don't judge it, it brings death. Okay, Billy? To go back, you had asked a question, why does, what does sin do if you just leave it alone? Well, I think uh, sin will change an atmosphere, a climate like we spoke about earlier. Yeah. And when that climate's changed, no one else is able to flourish in that climate because okay. of sin. Yeah, and we'll get into that. We'll get into Corinthians where Paul's judging uh, 
tell them to judge uh, immorality in the church and stuff, but probably not today. But think in the Old Testament. Uh, who knows the story of Korah in the Old Testament? Someone else. Ike, you're on a roll this morning. Anybody else here? Any, anybody else? What's the story of Korah? Moses, Korah. John? Huh? Rebellion? Okay, tell me the story, though. I want to know the story. Well, there was a, uh, there was a dissension between Moses. What's that? There was a, there was a problem between Moses and, and Korah at the time and about the, uh, the way that Moses was handling things. Okay, and what else? Well, who did, uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, who did that, when they attacked Moses, how did they attack him? Anybody know the story? I'm, I'll get back with you. Alec? They basically, they said, why do you think you're more holier than us? Okay. What makes you different from us? Okay, that's one. And then what was the second thing? Uh, God can speak to all of us. Yeah, but there's another element. There's a human element in it, though. Ken? They accused Moses of taking too much upon himself. Yeah, that, that's there. But there's another Christian. There's, a, there's kind of a human flavor in there, too. Um, when Moses uh, was led by God to go to the wilderness, they said, why have you led us out here to die? Okay, that's true. Uh, what about Moses' wife? Anybody know the story? Uh, anybody? Help me. What about his wife? Anybody know the story there? Benny? Huh? She's a black woman, wasn't she? <laughs> you see what she said? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. She was an Egyptian. Go ahead. Go ahead, Benny. She just nailed it. She nailed it, what she was saying. She was completely different than a Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, she's another, another race. And he, so, so one of the things in the ministry you got to watch, so one of the things in the ministry is they'll go after your wife. And, 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 but, okay, go ahead with the story of Korah now, John. So, so Korah, there's this rebellion. Go ahead, give me some details. And then during that time, uh, there was, during that time, uh, Moses uh, said, you know, those that are with me are on this line, and those with Korah, the rebellion, stay on that, that line. And then what happened then after that was, the ground opened up, and the rebellion was quelled by God in that when they all fell in and were burned alive. Okay, they, they judged them, earth opened, swallowed them all. But now I want, I want now here's what I want you to get if you don't judge sin. Go ahead. Do you know the rest of the story? What else happened? Anybody? What happened, Alec? After uh, the sons of Korah, the relatives of Korah were judged, the people of Israel turned on Moses again and saying, you destroyed righteous people. And then God judged Israel. And I yeah, but how, there, was a whole, there was a group. And what were they doing? What were they? What's the word you would use for them? Uh, the, I forget. How many was it? was it? How many was it that he added? There was another 44,000 or something. Sympathizers. They sympathized. with. How many remember this story? They sympathized. Uh, Forty-four thousand says, "Hey, Moses, not right with you." Like Alex said, "You're killing these good people." And what happened to the sympathizers? 
They, get, they all died too. <laughs> Isn't the Bible so interesting? Amen. And so my point is, if you don't judge things, you pay the penalty. <clears throat> if you don't judge things, you will pay the penalty. So our standards over the years, our standards, um, and, and, and for many years, and, and I hate it, I do not like it, but you have to judge moral issues in life. <clears throat> it's not your and everybody's business at any moment, but we've been talking about this. Standards, judging sin, and church discipline all dovetail. And that creates a culture, a climate of convictions. How many came, you came out of the world, you got saved. You weren't raised in church. You just came out of the world. How many convictions did you have? So you had, you know, maybe a few here or there. Your parents put some in you. But, but I have to admit, when I got saved, man, <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I wasn't like the man uh, who Jesus starts naming the commandments and I, all of these I've kept from my youth up. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't like that at all. And so, but what happened is when I come into the house of God, one, to be filled with the Spirit. What Spirit? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has convictions because He is holy. Holy, set apart, sanctified, set apart, different. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and so there were things immediately that began to convict me. Uh, and and I, I can't remember hearing, I may have, it's been a long time ago, but I can't remember hearing sermons on it. But just those begin, the Holy Spirit brings convictions and sets boundaries to someone. It begins to create a climate in your heart and in your soul, an environment a culture in your soul that begins to flood out in your marriage and in your children and in your life and decisions. But I didn't have, you know, I, didn't, I had no convictions about money. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, uh, one thing my dad did teach me is keeping my word. Now, did I keep it to Connie? No. Did I keep it? But I did, you know, there were things, if I told you I was going to be there, I would probably be there. If, if we were in a club somewhere and got in a fight, uh, unless I was knocked out or something, I would be there with you. I did have some convictions about those things. But as far as when it came to morals and, and, and different, different, you know, uh, working uh, as opposed to partying, uh, <laughs> and that, you know, partying one every time. Uh, you know, I, you've heard me, I didn't work for two and a half years. You know, I use that term. I was an entrepreneur. And so, uh, and I wasn't thinking about my influence. I had, even as a sinner, I had a lot of influence with people around me. And, and, but when I came into the house of God, when I got saved, uh, uh, the Spirit of God, uh, the Word of God, uh, and whatever church you become a part of, there, there, there's this influence, this culture, this climate, this environment uh, that helps you stand. And that's why we have to have standards because ministry, and, and we'll, get, we'll get into this, ministry is not just something you do, it's who you are. 
And the, the problem today, and there's people, there's been prices paid. There's people who have left this church over the years because of the, of the standards and the convictions. And, and they go down to a church where they haven't none. They, they don't care. You can live any way you want. Uh, I remember the story uh, John told, uh, John Johnson, this guy. Uh, uh, you, you may remember I used it in a sermon. This guy came to this church, uh, uh, and he kept telling John, says, man, I can sing, man. I, listen, I got, I've, I got ministry. I can sing. And John Tony says, well, this church, you know, uh, Pastor Norman, you've got to be here six months. We want to know who you are before we allow you to get on the platform. Before you get in ministry, we want to we see, uh, do you live what you sing? And this guy said, listen, listen, listen. So John, it, it, was, at, it, it was at New Year's around Christmas time. He saw this guy coming out of Walmart or somewhere and went up to him. Hey, how you doing? He said, said, I told you, man. I said, I went, I'm on the platform at this church. And he named the church. I'm singing. And John looked in his cart was, was uh, uh, whiskey and vodka and beer and all kind of stuff. And he said, well, what's that in your cart? And I'll never forget, I used it in a sermon. The guy said, listen, well, what do you mean? This is private. That's ministry. This, that, you're judging me. That has, this has nothing to do with that. And I, I remember I triggered my mind the whole sermon. But, uh, but that's a lie from hell. That is a demonic life from hell. Uh, that may, uh, you know, uh, I attribute the, the moral insanity today in America, some of it, to President Bill Clinton. Because as a leader, you release things. People rejoice when the righteous rule. That's true of me. That's true of leadership of this church. You release things. Light, the President minister lighting the lighthouse up in these multicolors. And now there's a plague of perversion. And I'll guarantee you, I've lived a while. You know where it's going to, next thing. So, so if that's okay, then what about with animals? What about pedophiles? What about with little kids? What about multiple marriages? If you, and, and many of you, I hope I don't have to see it, but if Jesus, you will see unless there's a great awakening in America because the standard is being lost. Morals have a standard. This is why you have vows, and even today they want to do away with them. You have vows when you have a marriage. Vows, though, vows have a standard. Standards have conviction. And, and this is critical. We had some hands going up here. Uh, George and then someone else over here had a hand up. Uh, someone in here. Go ahead. Right here, somebody help me. If you don't think the Bible's true, look at Romans chapter 1. This is exactly oh, what's going on today. Yeah. He, he, you know, it's like not only, you know, not only approve, but have pleasure in those that do these things. And it talks about unspeakable things and fornication and divisions. If there's no, there's more division in this country than there has ever been, you yeah. know, and debates and all kinds of sin and unrighteousness and and, you know, homosexuality, and, and it says not only, you know, <clears throat> approve, but have pleasure in them. Yeah. And that's what you reduce to, a cesspool that has no moral foundation yeah. that it's impossible to live in. Well, God says to give you over to a reprobate mind. That's what it says. 
I mean, in Romans 1. You read, all you got to do is read Romans 1. It's very clear. Talking about men with men, women, uh, men with men, women with women, and, 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 and it's very cl clear, very plain. And uh, he's writing to a culture that that was approved and acceptable. And so anyway, I don't want to bog down there, but, but we have, uh, someone else had a hand up here. Who was it? Uh, John? Uh, go ahead. I have a question about, I understand what you're saying about the, uh, the uncleanness and whatnot, but do you envision a day where we're going to be judged as, from the outside as being uh, lawless? Oh, already lawlessness. But I'm talking about them taking action against us. Uh, yeah, well, here, you, you can't undermine authority, uh, especially as a leader. You can't discredit authority. Charles Barkley made an interesting statement, the whole Ferguson thing. He said, so you want them to remove all the police from Ferguson? Is that what you want them to do, remove all the police? Who would live there? And I understand corruption. Uh, they just had the third chief of police in the uh, Oakland area. What, what is it? Uh, where all the rappers come out of? Is it Oakland? Compton. They just had the third one in, in, in that area. Uh, just had him resign because of corruption. I mean, just, and, and there's no doubt. There's no doubt. The thing with the O.J. Simpson thing, part of it was this whole, uh, the L.A. Police Department, the corruption. And how many think O.J. was guilty? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, uh, uh, he's done all but admit it. Uh, I heard an interview the other day with his lawyer, and he wouldn't say he did it, but he did say he did it. But anyway, but anyway, but, but part of that was they, they, the, the corruption of planted evidence that, and, and stuff. And so, but you can't undermine authority. You can't undermine authority. If you do, you have anarchy. And the Bible says in the last days there'll be a spirit of law, the lawless one will come, uh, which, is, which is the Antichrist. Uh, and lawlessness in your home. What? So great, great discussion this morning. So what does lawlessness produce? I'm not talking now. Uh, uh, I'm talking about uh, in the home. I'm talking about... Uh, in church, I'm talking about in society, uh, when, and I'm talking about the term in the Bible when it talks about lawlessness, George. Uh, lawlessness is just a simple matter of doing what is right in your own eyes. So there is no social structure, there's no commonality, everything falls into anarchy, as you said before, there's confusion, there is, um, there's a, uh, an overabundance of, of, of sin and destruction and you know, bad manners and other things like that. Yeah, yeah. I go corruption. It's it's unending. I go to these nations. Uh, you know, I've seen it firsthand in nations uh, around the world where they have no law, no rule of law. See, the thing in America, our uh, up to this point, pretty much, our judicial system has been based on the Bible. Bankruptcy. That you know, that's the year of jubilee in the Bible. Most nations. I mean, you, you don't have big, but you, you're going to pay, your kids are going to pay, or we're going to take everything you got, ever will have. Ever will. There is no grace. But just think, okay, just think. This is, I don't know if you've read this, the Chinese are trying to develop this weapon where they knock out the electrical grid in huge parts of the country. Uh, so just think if, if there were no stoplights. 
Just, just think if, if, if you call 911 and no one came. Africa, you call the police. <clears throat> uh, in some parts, they, they have to, uh, they don't have automobiles. They have to get a ride to get there. Uh, I'm serious. I'm talking about stuff our missionaries go through. What if their lawlessness is where nothing is safe, nothing is secure, there, 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 there is no, uh, uh, it's anarchy, it's chaos, it's dog-eat-dog, dog. it's the strong rule, it's uh, corruption, it's, it's everybody is, is whoever has the most, the highest bidder. If you have money, and this is what's, what's damaging, if, to, even in our society, moving that way, if you have wealth and you can get the right lawyer and you have the right connections, many times you can get off. It's like some of these guys, they stole billions of dollars in the whole 2007 collapse. Uh, and, and what do they do? Of, of, of your money. And, and it, I don't want to get all in it, but it just it goes on. But lawlessness is the spirit of the last days. <clears throat> this is where there is no rule. And this is one of the problems. I'm going to preach on fathers this morning, revelation of fatherhood. But one of the things about fathers, when fathers are not in the home, uh, there comes, a, there's many times this absence of rule, this absence of law, this absence of discipline. And it, and it releases things. It releases things. So, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, Benny, I have a question, Pastor. Okay. Um, last few years, few, probably last two years of my life has been since I almost died a couple years back. I've reexamined a lot of my life, right? Okay. And so a lot of the media and a lot of the things that we hear, the temptation that I have because of how chaotic has been is to turn into a survivalist instead of be a revivalist. Like it has affected my witness. It's affected my own personal testimony. It's affected my intention to... I've prayed with thousands of people of my salvation. Very few of them ever really come to church and locked in. Thank God some people have and some people are saved today. And there's been miracles and blind eyes open and people with cancer free and things like that. But especially here in saying that, like I said, in the last couple of years, just what I've... What I'm lacking, what I understand is in the early church, one of the things I see that they did is they relied on the Holy Ghost because they didn't really have standards. They didn't have a functioning church. They didn't have... Well, they, well, they did in Acts. That's where they choose you out men full of... I'm going to get to that. Full of okay. faith, full of the Holy Ghost, of a good report. Yeah, so that was in the book of Acts, but go ahead. But how much do you think they relied on the pure fire of the living God well, uh, I think in revival, one of the glories of revival is uh, you get saved in a move of God, a powerful move of God. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's just different. I mean, we had issues here. I mean, you didn't have to, uh, I mean, people just, they, in a genuine Holy Ghost move of God, there's just this uh, dimension of God, this reverence of God. Uh, you've heard about the great revival. Scotland, and, and they closed all the bars because everybody quit drinking. Uh, the mines wouldn't function because the, the mules only understood curse words and they all quit cursing. They closed down the jail because nobody was... That's, 
Uh, see, don't talk about revival if the prisons, uh, you can't build them big enough, uh, and, and uh, morals are going down, divorce is going up. Don't talk. Revival changes, uh, a great awakening changes, uh, and that's because God is so thick and so present and, and so revealing that you fear and tremble of his holiness and his righteousness. And, and that's my prayer. That's what we need. Uh, that's what we have to have. Alec? Things I want to share, Pastor, is that um, so this week the judges go on their conference and the staff, we have our own conference, and this year's theme is entitled Being Human. And one of the things they're going to be teaching us is the LGBT and accepting them. And um, I voice my opinion against it. And uh, it's already coming out like, well, you know, why aren't we doing this? But anyways, what I'm trying to say is if you don't have standards, you'll eventually fall to theirs because they're not neutral. It's not just accept us for who you are and we'll be okay. You have to accept sin in our society if you don't accept it then you're a hate you're a hater you're a bigot so yeah. if you don't have standards you'll in, you'll adopt their standards they're just no neutral yeah it's one thing to love a person it's another thing to excuse or accept or put the approval on their behavior i don't care if it's homosexuality i don't care if it's stealing I don't care if it's lying. I don't care if it's beating your wife or beating your husband like they do today. I don't care uh, 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 what it is. Um, uh, It's one thing, uh, which we love people. I love people. I love people. Uh, uh, I love people, uh, drug addicts. But I do not approve of what they do. I do not, not a, I do not, I can't accept and condone and, and put my stamp of approval. And, and that's what they're after, see. I just was listening to them. Uh, uh, I was back on the East Coast and caught a little bit this Orlando thing. It outrages me uh, when they make these statements that this was equal, uh, this is the same thing as the civil rights, uh, Martin Luther King and et cetera. To me, that is, that is a horrendous uh, a violation. You're saying a lifestyle is the same as a whole race of people? That is not. So, so if it, let's follow that through. If that's true, again, if that's true, let's, let's say, okay. So say, so what, what's next? What about uh, pedophiles? This is where you molest uh, little girls that are six years old or little boys. So what about that? It, do we need some uh, march for that? What about beastliality? Should we march for that? Uh, what, uh, what about uh, uh, beheading people? Is that, I mean, that's what they're doing in parts of the world, Islamic world. So should, is, so where did, where, uh, what, what about if, uh, uh, this morning in church, I was pulling out my gun. I want your money, your money, your money, your money. Uh, so is that acceptable? Where does it end? See, here's the standard right here. I don't care. Uh, call it whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, that's why there are ten commandments. They're not ten suggestions uh, that that asking you and I to approve of. They're commandments. And, and if we're going to have conviction. Uh, as someone already said, these are not for sale. 
Uh, these have to be preached and they have to be ministered. They have to be uh, held up. Uh, it, it, what I mean, they have to be lifted up in a church or in your home. <clears throat> how many ever seen parents? Don't do that. Don't do that. I told you, don't do that. Don't do it. Now, how many times your mom or you, how many times I have to tell you that? Come on now. Don't do that. Now, next time you do it, it's going to be one. And the kid looks at you like you're stupid. <laughs> looks at you, who are you? <laughs> Means nothing. That's interesting watching parents. Uh, uh, and I'm a, one of them, you can watch them. And the kids are total out of control. And the other one can come and just look at them. Why is that? Did I ever tell you the story? We had a pastor friend in Malaysia. His kids were monsters. We'd go out to eat in a restaurant, and the little boy, uh, his name was Sham. He'd open all the salt shakers, sugar bowls, everything, pour them all over the table. He would climb over booze, uh, people behind us. I mean, uh, totally out of control. And, and you know Connie. Uh, she caught him one day in church. She said, listen, you know what I do? She said, I got a knife in my pocket. <laughs> and she said, when little boys act like you, I cut their ears off. <laughs> she says, at home, I got this drawer full of little boys' ears. <laughs> she would just look at Sham. And you know what he would do? One conversation with Sham, and when he was in her presence, he became an angel. <laughs> See, you, as parents, you have to partner in discipline. Uh, and this is true. There's standards, and you don't just administer these when they pushed you over the edge because they've been driving you nuts for three weeks. Or now you're at some, you never have any standard, standards at home. This Father's Day, so I'm after you. Uh, you have no standards at home, but you go to someone else's house and they got some nice stuff. And your kid's doing just like he does at home. He's grabbing their uh, $325 vase and he's playing with it. And him and his sister are pulling that. And now all of a sudden, uh, you're going to get ballistic. No, the, do it at home. Well, we put everything up high. Come on. Come on, what's that teaching them? Are you gonna, so you're going to follow them out? Going to go to school with them? Put all the drugs up on the top shelf. No, you, you got to teach them uh, self-discipline. You got to teach them restraint. You got to, one of the greatest, couple of greatest gifts you can give your children is one of them, is the greatest gift of all of life to give your child is a desire to live for God. If they have that, the other things will work out. The second thing is, uh, they're all waving at me. I, I got my watch on. It's 1015. No. <laughs> the second thing is self-discipline. Self-discipline. If you don't teach them that, there's a prison system waiting for them. That'll, and even that, that don't help. But, but Lord love you this morning. We, did, we had great, great discussion. We didn't get into the class, but we will next week. Appreciate your input. Fantastic. You're getting it. You're great people.